Soldiers of the Press. This week, dry martinis. This is Reichsrundfunk, DJW Berlin speaking. We almost got the American bomber ace Martini on Monday. We'll get him next time if he dares come back over Europe again. That fat punk, Gary, he and his whole Air Force are washed up, and yet they challenge us to come out and fight. There's a dramatic story behind that Berlin radio challenge to the heroic crew of the Flying Fortress Dry Martini. It's a story that comes to us from United Press correspondent Walter Cronkite. Recently, you heard Cronkite's story of his own flight with a fortress bombing Wilhelmshaven. Cronkite is assigned to a flying fortress base somewhere in England. And he knows the men of the plane whose name is Dry Martini and whose insignia is a brimming cocktail glass. This is the story of one of those men, told by United Press correspondent Walter Cronkite. The crews that fly America's flying fortresses are among the best trained combat teams in the fighting forces. They're keen, alert, and every man knows his job like he'd been born for it. What's more, they're all swell guys, regular, fun-loving. Real American lads who have a grim and dangerous job to do and do it. And they ask nothing better than a chance to keep on carrying the fight to the enemy and the skies over Europe. Second Lieutenant Woody Clark is one of those guys. He's a navigator and a good one. His ship is the Dry Martini. I met him outside Operations Headquarters that Monday morning, just before the briefing began. A cold wind was sweeping across the field. And a fine rain was falling. Hiya, Woody. What's good about it? I didn't say anything was good about it. Matter of fact, I think it's a stinking morning. That make you feel any better? Well, at least it's a realistic attitude. Okay, we're realistic. So suppose you tell me the correct time. Look, what's the matter, Cronkite? Can't you manage a watch that'll tell time on your expense account? Hi, Woody. Hey, Hi, what's kid. eating you this morning, anyway? All I ask for is the time. You act like I was asking you for the secret of the Norden bomb site. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just on edge. Okay, get out that Waterbury of yours and we'll set it. All right. It's, uh, hi, kids. 5.47 less 15 seconds. Less 10. Less 5. Got it? Check. Thanks. Okay. You know, I don't blame you for being jumpy. I've only been up on one mission, and I'm not making this one, but I can't help getting butterflies every time. Oh, it's not that exactly. I, I guess I'm sore at myself more than anything else. What did you do, buy a half interest in Buckingham Palace last trip to London? No, I just haven't clipped any coupons off Gehring Preferred in about a dozen trips out. I, well, I'm beginning to think I don't know how to use that pea shooter I got up there in the greenhouse. So that's what's bothering you. You haven't claimed any German planes yet. Yep, I guess that's it. Everyone else with a gun station aboard the dry martinis picked off at least one. Well, I'm beginning to feel self-conscious. Now, isn't that too bad? No folk or wolves or Messerschmitts to your credit. Don't you consider it a bit of an accomplishment to bring that three-quarter million dollar kite home safe each time? Well, I still want to claim an enemy plane. I'm going to do it this time, too, or I'm going to ask for service with a ground crew. You'll nail one, Woody. I can feel it. We'll celebrate with an honest-to-guy steak. Now, come on, snap out of it. 
Uh, thanks, Mother. I guess I'm just the moody type. Come on, you guys. Pile in and look alive. Briefing's about to begin. Come on, Cronkite. Let's go. Right. Okay, man. Pipe down and perk up. Now, as I told you last night, our objective is Paris in the spring. But there won't be any tra-la, tra-la atmosphere about it. You all know the importance of this raid. It's a tough assignment. You know your plan of attack and you've all had your instructions. So there's no need to go into that again. You'll have fighter protection going out to the limit of their range. And they'll pick you up at the same approximate point on your return. Intelligence reports there isn't much flack over Paris. But Gehring's boys will throw the book at you coming back. Question. What about these fragmentation bombs the German fighter planes have been using against fortresses? They may employ them again. Probably will. But experience indicates they're no more effective than ACAC fire. If one explodes near you, it's bad. But your principal worry will be the enemy fighter. You'll take off As the briefing continued, covering point-by-point point instructions, I made notes like the pilots and crews. The information available at a briefing is mighty valuable when you start writing your story of the raid. I could see Woody grimly scribbling on his pad. I could tell he was still tense and sore. The target for the day was the big Renault plant near Paris, used by the Germans as an aircraft engine factory. The promise of heavy opposition from enemy pursuits indicated that Woody would have ample opportunity to try for the scalp of one of Goering's boys. The briefing lasted more than half an hour before the wing commander said, That's all, unless there are other questions. Very well, then. School's out. Go on out and turn them over. And drop those bombs right down the smokestacks. Goodbye, Woody, and good luck. I'll have that steak waiting for you, so do your stuff. Okay, I like them rare and two inches thick. As the crews piled into the waiting trucks that would take them to their planes, I made my way to the bomber wing headquarters. It was raining, and I wiped the moisture from the window that overlooked the field. The planes were taxiing onto the runways. I could see their green and red recognition lights dimly through the fog. One by one, I could see them race down the runway. Then the first one zoomed directly overhead and faded into the dawn. They came over in rapid succession after that. Their motors blended into a continuous roar that died away gradually. The dry martini was on her way, with Woody up there in the greenhouse, busy with his charts and instruments. There was nothing to do now but wait. I walked back to the operations office. All off on time, Hap? Yeah. Take off smooth as clockwork. What time they due over the target? 0820. Mind if I park myself here and keep an eye on the show? Of course not. Pull up a chair, make yourself comfortable. Long wait. The operations office is the heart of a bomber base. In it, intelligence and operations officers lay out the objectives and plot the flights. Over its battery of phones... Reports come in from the aircraft spotters on the movements of planes, our own and the enemy. And through it move all the reports on every mission. Across one end of the room spreads a huge map, and on it, big black-headed pins mark the position of every bomber in the squadron. Every 15 minutes, the time is called off, and the pins are moved into new positions. Time, 715. Map reference, H3207. They're out over the channel now and high upstairs. 30,000 feet in the frigid thin air of the substratosphere. I listen to the reports come in and watch the black pins edging toward the target. They pass Boulogne, Abbeville, Amiens, Saint-Denis. Time, 0810. Map reference, Q4360. They're 10 minutes from the target now. 
Up in the glassing nose of the bomber, it's time for Woody to put aside the charts and get set behind that pea shooter of his. For it's a cinch to be tough from here on. I stick around until the pins are directly over Paris. I go outside for a smoke and a cup of coffee and try to relax. The hands of my watch seem to crawl. But I know they're on their way back now, and I keep wondering if Woody is having any luck against Goering's boys. At 10 a.m., I duck into operations. Hello, Hap. How's it going? Fighter escort took off half an hour ago to meet him. We should be hearing from him any time now. That'll be a relief. You know, in some ways, it's tougher staying behind than it is being up there. You can dream up too many things here. Up there, you're too busy to do much thinking about anything but essential business. Yeah, I know. Hello? Yes? Yes? Okay. Got it. Spotter reports a large flight of four motored bombers identified as fortresses just crossed the coast. They're coming home. The ground crews are heading out for the field now, and the runways are being cleared for landing. I begin to feel better. About time for them to be checking with the tower. Blue leader to blue leader control tower. Blue leader to blue leader control tower. Come in. Come in, please. Blue tower here. Hello, blue leader. Go ahead, please. Over. Blue squadron requests permission to land. Over. Blue leader from tower. Okay to land. Using number one, three, and four runways. Wind is west, 16 miles. You bringing them all home? No, sorry, no such luck. Army 29041 dropped out of formation. She had one motor fire and reported she couldn't keep up. Off. Army 29041. I look at the operations chart and my heart skips a beat. Army 29041 is the dry martini. The planes are coming in now. Their motors are distant rumble. It grows larger and then they're visible. The sun has come through and you can see its dull reflection on the green gray of their wings. We watch them land and see the pilots and crews getting the kinks out of their legs as they head for the briefing room to make out the reports. But I keep thinking of the dry martini. Out there somewhere trying to horse it in with one motor gun. Time... One zero three zero. All planes except Army two nine zero four one down safely. Anything from the spotters? No, not a thing. We sit silent and tense now and watch the clock. The sweep second hand on the clock in front of Hap seems to creep around the dial. Blue control tower to Army two nine zero four one. Blue control tower to Army two nine zero four one. Can you hear me? Come in. Come in. Come in. No answer. Yep. Looks bad. I was talking to Woody Clark before they took off this morning. He was down because he hadn't claimed an enemy plane. I hope he got one. Yeah, I hope he did. Promised a mistake if he did. Guess I'd better go start lining it up. They're not easy to produce. Yeah, take some doing. Blue leader control tower from Army 29041. Boy, is that Blue good news. Blue leader control tower from Army 29041. Acknowledge. Over. Tower here. Hello, Army 29041. We'd begun to think you'd washed out. Over. Now, we're going to make it. Coming in for a landing. Request your instructions. Over. 
Army 29041 from tower. Okay to land. Number two runway is clear to land. Any wounded aboard? Nothing we can't walk away. But you better have an ambulance on hand. We got a left wing like a sieve and one motor's conked out. I may mess things up a bit in landing. Over and off. Okay, Army 29041. Here's luck. Off. I dashed to the door and hopped aboard the ambulance that was heading for runway number two. She was coming in now. From the ground, we could see the smoke pouring from one motor and holes the size of a wash tub through her tail surfaces. She wobbled as she came down. Her wheels touched. She lurched uncertainly. Then she righted herself and jolted to a stop. I looked at the nose. The windows in Woody's greenhouse were shot out. The pilot's windshield was shattered. The glass was gone from the tail. The cowling of two of the good motors was riddled. Then the crew began piling out. Uh, sorry, Doc. No business for you. Yeah, Doc. You can roll that butcher wagon back in the barn. Well, that's the way we like it. Have a tough time? Yeah, but a good one. We got 12 planes, Doc. Well, how do you like that? 12 planes. Lieutenant Clark rates top score. He got three. Woody got three. Man. Then I saw him poking his head through the hatch. His face was cut a bit from flying glass, but he was grinning. Oh, Cronkite. Got that steak ready? Brother, you sure rate it. What came over you, anyhow? Oh, they made me mad, I guess. They put two explosive caliber 30s right through the nose. Yeah, I noticed. Pieces of metal bounced off my steel helmet. They didn't hurt either me or the bombardier. Bullet hit my gun mount. Then I really began shooting. The next folk wolf that came in, I knocked off his propeller. The next one, I got right in the middle of his gas tank, and he blew up. And then a third one came in, and somehow or other, I just cut off his tail. You know, I cut it right off. Brother. I guess uh, well, I went sour after that. I... I missed the fourth one. Yeah? Well, isn't that too bad? Well, do you want to stand around and cry about it? Or should we go and get that steak? At the bomber bases, aboard our warships, and on the front lines with the ground forces, United Press correspondents are gathering the news, the colorful, exciting stories of United Nations fighting men in action. Be sure to hear the next program of Soldiers of the Press... Over this same station, your local announcer will give you the time of that broadcast in just a moment. And meanwhile, remember to listen for United Press news on the air. Look for United Press dispatches in your favorite newspaper. They are your guarantee of the world's best coverage of the world's biggest news.